This meeting will come to order. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to the Monday, October 30th, 2023 meeting of the Rules Committee of the San Francisco Board of Supervisors. I am Supervisor Matt Dorsey, Chair of this committee. I am joined by Vice Chair Shimon Walton and Committee Asher Safai. A committee member, Supervisor Asha Safai. Um, together, we'd like to express our gratitude to our clerk today, Mr. Victor Young. Uh, thanks also to the team at SFGov TV for facilitating and broadcasting today's meeting, in particular our producer today, Jaime Echeverri. Uh, Mr. Clerk, do you have any announcements? Uh, yes, I'd like to note that on October 17, 2023, the Board of Supervisors approved a motion discontinuing remote public comment and participation at all board and committee meetings. Going forward, all public comment will be taken in person with remote access only being provided for those who are required, who require an ADA accommodation. Alternatively, you may submit public comment in writing in either of the following ways. Email them to myself, the Rules Committee Clerk, at victor.young at sfgov.org. If you submit public comment via email, it will be forwarded to the supervisors and included as part of the official file. You may also send your written comment via U.S. mail to our office at City Hall, 1 Dr. Carlton B. Goodlip Place, room 244, San Francisco, California, 94102. During this meeting, please be sure to silence all cell phones and electronic devices. Documents to be included as part of the file should be submitted to the clerk. Items acted upon today are expected to appear on the Board of Supervisors agenda of November 7, 2023, unless otherwise stated. That completes my initial comments. Thank you, Mr. Clerk. Uh, would you please call item number one? Yes, item number one is the Charter Amendment, second draft to amend the Charter of the City and County of San Francisco to establish minimum staffing levels for sworn officers of the Police Department requiring for a period of five years that the Mayor and the Board of Supervisors appropriate funding to meet staffing levels, establish a police full staffing fund for a period of five years for the process of facilitating minimum police staffing and allow for a temporary freeze of appropriations of the police full staffing fund in a budget or economic emergency and an election to be held on March 5th, 2024. Thank you, Mr. Clerk. Uh, colleagues, um, item number one is the police full staffing charter amendment as amended last week, which I first began working on back in March. When I first uh, announced this effort at the April 12th meeting of the San Francisco Board of Supervisors, um, I said that I welcomed my colleagues' collaboration on the process. I also expressed my strongly held conviction that we must make a commitment to San Franciscans um, that we have an actionable plan to fulfill the promise of a fully staffed police department for our neighborhoods, for our city, and for our economy. At its core, the San Francisco Police Full Staffing Act Charter Amendment aims to address a palpable and in many ways unprecedented public safety crisis. In my district, as in many other parts of the city, much of this public safety crisis is driven by the most potently addictive and deadly drug we have ever known in fentanyl. That drug is fueling brazen open-air drug markets at a scale we have never before seen. In my neighborhood, among others, uh, we see public drug use and drug-driven lawlessness that is robbing our residents of the safe enjoyment of their own neighborhoods that is driving out small businesses and large employers alike, it's, that is diminishing our tax base, that is endangering the safety of employees, customers, visitors, and residents, and that is causing opportunistic property crime to skyrocket in forms like retail theft, car break-ins, and worse, discouraging commuters and tourists from even coming to our city. And most seriously of all, 
It's a crisis that's driving a public health calamity due to drug overdoses that is worse than anything San Franciscans have witnessed since the worst days of the, days of the AIDS crisis. There was a time in South of Market, where I live, when the worst thing my neighbors encountered was illegal trash dumping or an illegal encampment. But with increasing frequency these days, it's dead bodies, lives lost to overdoses, in a year on pace to surpass all others in our history for drug overdose deaths. We all know our struggle to meet the challenges of this moment is hamstrung by another crisis, a wholly foreseeable crisis which City Hall candidly did not do enough early enough to address, and that is our police understaffing crisis. If we don't act substantively and effectively, I believe we are on pace for a staffing shortage that an SFPD commander last week called potentially catastrophic. Right now, nearly a third of the police, police department we are supposed to have isn't there. And worse, between 350 and 400 current police officers are right now eligible for retirement. Half the police department could be gone if we don't act. Now, our police department isn't our only understaffed department, so stipulated. But by any measure, our police understaffing crisis, in my judgment, is acute enough and unprecedented enough and consequential enough to the safety of our city and its residents and its visitors that it deserves its own solution. That is what my charter amendment endeavors to provide. That is not to deny other staffing shortages or to minimize them. And that is not to deny or minimize the need for other solutions. And I'm open to being part of those discussions. Uh, now, it is my understanding that um, another amendment may be offered today. And because those here deserve transparency about an amendment that may significantly uh, alter this charter amendment, and in my view, possibly diminish its effectiveness, um, I would like to invite Supervisor Safai to fill us in. If you're, are you? Sure. Super I, I can talk in general about it, but I'm going to, there's a lot of people here that want to do public comment. So I'm just going to speak briefly, kind of set the table. I, I agree with a lot of what you said, Chair. I appreciate um, the fact that you highlight that this is something that has not been addressed effectively. And let's call it out what it is. I mean, the, the, the budget the direction of the city leadership of the city rests with the mayor of this city. The mayor sets the tone. She allocates the resources for the budget and has total control over how that money is allocated. I think we can remember when we were talking about our housing crisis just two years ago, there was a push to allocate money from the reserve. About $50 million was allocated, and the mayor chose not to spend that money. And that is the power of the charter and power of the way the city is set up in the city and county of San Francisco. Um, I had a hearing last year, I talked a little bit about it last um, week, where we talked about the overall uh, emergency response system. We talked about wall times in our emergency rooms and how long people wait when they have been in an accident or some type of emergency, how long they wait to even get into a bed, how long it takes to get nurses to come and the understaffing of our nurses in our hospitals. Also, how long it takes the phone to actually be answered in a 911 call emergency. Our 911 call operators are down about 30 staff right now. Our paramedics, our mental health pro pro uh, providers. I mean, there is an entire safety net that deals with all of the crisis in the city. Um, and actually, I, was, I, I just want to point out, uh, we talked about last week about retail theft. I've been talking about retail theft for three years. We put resources, energy, effort behind it, 
and found out last uh, week that the police department had created a so-called strike team, and that's with 400 less officers. Um, so they're doing more with less, and let's just put on the record for the listening population, um, we allocate money for police academies. When those academies are not filled, we use that money for overtime to fill the staffing in the, in the district stations. Um, later today, item number two, we're going to talk about uh, foot patrols and putting officers back out into the street, into the community to do true community policing. I think that's an important part of the conversation as well. So today, um, we are, I, I do have an amendment that talks about dealing with the fiscal crisis that our city faces. The mayor, in a very unprecedented fashion last week, asked every single department in the city to cut their department budgets by 3%. That is millions and millions of dollars when you're talking about public health, when you're talking about fire, police, uh, mental health, HSA, every single rec and park, every single uh, department in the city. It was reiterated in the paper again today uh, that that is an unprecedented move by the mayor and that talks about the fiscal crisis that our city faces. We have a half a billion dollar budget deficit that we're facing. So in that context, we are being asked to make this decision. It's an important one, uh, Chair, and I have stood with you and said we do need to change the conversation around, around police staffing. We need to do that, but we need to do it in a responsible way. And we need to think about either existing revenue that is out there that we have that can be restructured some of the different revenue that's come in over the last two years um, has generated additional revenue for our city. Um, it's not necessarily allocated. And the mayor, again, has the ability to make decisions and priorities in the upcoming budget, and it's very well that she could do that. So my amendment simply says either existing revenue or future revenue um, should be tied to this given the fiscal crisis that our city faces. And I think anyone in the audience and anyone in the city and county would say if we are going to allocate anywhere between 20 to $30 million a year to this in a mandatory fashion, what kind of impacts is it going to have on our 911 call operators, our nurses, our paramedics, our firefighters, our sheriffs, our, our bus drivers, every single aspect of the city and county. And so I, I have always been consistent about being fiscally prudent and looking at it in such a way that we have the ability to achieve the goals that we're setting out and not harming the overall safety net. I've been consistent about that. So I simply say in the amendment that we're gonna talk about a little bit later that, that this would be tied to either existing or future revenue. We can adjust that and also keep in place the policy goal that you've set, which sets the numbers of officers that we're trying to achieve. And I think that Given the context that we're in today, I think that's the right way to approach this and not to undermine the entire system of public safety in our city. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you, Supervisor Safai. Could I ask, uh, one, I just, I think we mentioned this, but it would be helpful if, I don't know if there's a staff or someone could get sort of the highlighted. It's incorporated throughout, but the main, the main portion is on page four, lines 12 through 17. It talks about a full funding date that would be certified by the controller in writing um, that there would either be existing revenue restructured or, or new revenue passed by the voters. Um, 
can I ask? Because I, it isn't clear to me. Sure. There is a first year appropriation of $16.8 million mm -hmm. in the initial year. Is, that, is there a tax hike tr trigger on that as well? Or is that... Does it that it is for the entire concept. Yep. It goes, it goes based on the entire concept. So you would ha we'd have to identify all new revenue for the entire portion of what you're proposing. Okay. Would it be... And, and by the way, just to underscore, what you're proposing in year one, almost 17 million would not go into effect until July or something because it would be passed by the voters, be certified. It would be in the upcoming budget, which we do in June. We vote on in July. It doesn't go into effect until August. There is time during these budget negotiations um, that, were, that are upcoming uh, for that to happen sooner. Uh, if the mayor so choose and you and you were and the board and others were allowed, you know, part of that conversation. So there is a faster way to achieve what you're proposing through the normal budget process. Um, but this also sets the tone for for upcoming revenue for the fo for the following years. Right. OK. So thank you. Sure. Um, so I appreciate that there are theoretically faster ways, but historically I have concerns about the lack of certainty. And one of the things that um, I really emphasized in the process of working on this was we need to solve an historically unprecedented police staffing crisis. And to do that, we need to give the San Francisco Police Department something it does not get here at City Hall. And that is the certainty of knowing over a period of time that they are going to have the resources for five years to finally deliver on the promise of a fully staffed police department that this city has been denied for decades. I think we're in a moment in time when this is an incredibly important public policy priority. Um, so I'd like to just ask Commander Jones, there was just raised, uh, you know, there is an option for the mayor to propose budget supplementals that, can you walk us through how in your time in the police department, how do budget supplementals go when they come to the Board of Supervisors? I would call it an all-out battle, usually, when we have supplementals on the table. Um, I think that in the past, people have turned to it, oh, that's always a good option for you, but we are fighting tooth and nail every time we have to go in to justify why we need that money. Not to say that we shouldn't justify it, but there is never certainty that we're going to get it, and I think that that's what makes it really challenging to continue to put all of our resources in place because we're not sure if we're going to have those resources the next day. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Um, Vice Chair Walton. Thank you, Chair Dorsey. Just a couple of things to point out uh, as we continue the conversation. The lack of staffing for the police department is not due to the budget. It's due to the fact that nobody wants to be a police officer and that folks are not showing up to the police academy. And I'll save my deeper comments for later uh, but certainly you know with all due respect commander jones you don't expect the police department to be able to speak for the legislature supervisor dorsey uh, your question was forcing her to speak for this body and i, I don't think that's appropriate it's, it's a historic perspective that honestly i lack i'm she relatively can't speak for this body okay um i think the 
commander was addressing her during her time working on staffing. What is the experience of the police department? In she was addressing the question that you forced her to answer. Right. Great. Supervisor Safai, do you have? Yeah, I would, I would ask Commander Jones um, through the chair, if you don't have people that can answer the phone when an emergency call happens and the call times are done, does that impact the service that you provide for the city? If 911 calls go unanswered, how does that impact your work? It's all pieces of the same puzzle. Right. So response times has a DEM component as well as an SFPD component. Right, and, and then also when you are called for service, either, either a B or a C call, and you show up and you don't have that mental health technician or the um, paramedic from the fire department, if those cuts start to happen, how does that impact your work? It's more work more work for you and it's ineffective. I can tell you one of the things I talked about last time and I just want to underscore this point, it, it shows how far the police department has come and how San Francisco is a leader. Um, my first month in office we had a 911 call. It was a individual that had a restraining order against him on a neighbor and when the police showed up there ended up being uh, a police involved shooting. Um, this individual uh, was, ended, was a 5150 mental health problems, but there was not a mental health provider that showed up to de-escalate the situation. And since that time, I know the protocol is, if you have someone that's in mental health crisis, mental health technician or professionally trained, you know, officers that have gone through that de-escalation techniques, is changed the interaction, is that correct? Yes. And so again, when, when, when we're underscoring what we're providing in the city in terms of not just police for our public safety, it's also the entire public safety net that's involved in that. It's mental health, it's 911, it's, it's uh, paramedics, it's all of the system. And I think that's uh, what we're trying to balance out today. I appreciate uh, Chair Dorsey. I think that this has been, and, and, I, and I'll just say from my own experience, there's always been the political football of the police academies, how that ends up through the budget process. I will say last, last year, the $25 million supplemental was a pretty easy process given the situation. There was maybe a little bit of debate about ultimately how the neighborhood police stations were versus the downtown police stations were provided. But in the end, the 25 supplemental went through, and I think that was pretty positive for the city and for the police department. But I would say, ultimately, what we're being asked to do today in this fiscal crisis, even if we were to wave a wand and give you the money today and then take the money away from all those other pieces, it would impact your ability to provide that work. And that's what we're trying to balance out. We're trying to balance out the importance of all of the different pieces in public safety given this fiscal crisis. And I can't underscore enough how bad this fiscal crisis is when we have 34% office vacancy in our downtown and hundreds of millions of dollars of revenue shortfall. Because of that, it impacts the entire budget. And so that's what we're trying to do, uh, Supervisor Dorsey, Chair Dorsey, with saying, either existing or new revenue, then we can balance this out and have a much more thoughtful um, process around public safety. And I agree with you a thousand percent. We need to do everything we can uh, to get officers um, into the police department. And there has been a lack of desire to wanna to be part of this department in the city and county. And so this could be a positive step in that direction. 
Um, but I also know that there's some newly hired officers over the last couple years that it could create some division for as well. I mean, if you have someone that was just hired in the last year or two and they weren't offered $75,000 or some signing bonus, what kind of impact do you think that would have on the department's morale and for the newly hired officers, Commander? I don't think that our newly hired officers walk away because they didn't receive $75,000. I think that that's a bonus to get people walking through the door. Other um, agencies all across the Bay Area and all across the nation are offering incentives to have people come in, and I don't think it's going to make anybody leave because they didn't get it. I think it can really only be positive. And in regards to that $25 million, I mean, we talked about it. Yes, it did pass in the end, and it was a tremendous amount of effort. But we knew we were probably going to need that on the front end because of the staffing crisis, right? Mm -hmm. So knowing that we were going to need it and didn't get it right from the get-go caused us to have to ask for it later. And I think that's the consistency that we're talking about. We want to know that we're going to be able to have what we need so we can so we can continue on. And I think it's really challenging when we have to keep going back, and that's why something like this would be really, really positive for the police department to have the reassurance that we would have the funding available to do the things we need to do. Thank you. Great, thank you, Supervisor Safi. I don't disagree um, that there are other departments that have staffing issues and staffing crises. Um, and I appreciate the points that it is all interrelated, but it need not legislatively be all interrelated in a single charter amendment. Um, and I think that the, where I have a problem with this is it feels to me like this amendment is holding hostage the city's ability and voters' ability to make progress on a public safety crisis that they're facing. Um, but we can discuss that. Supervisor? That's, that's a little extreme. Hostage, given the context of what's happening in the world right now, I think that's a little extreme um, use of words. But I'll just leave that there. I would just say at the end of the day, Supervisor, we have to be conscious of all of the different services that are provided in this city right now. We are gonna to have to make some very, very difficult choices. I invite you to be part of the budget process this year. Engage very um, uh, consistently because we are going to have to choose between providing aftercare for children and providing gardeners and buses and police officers and paramedics and, and I could just keep going. I mean, that's the level of the shortfall that we have ultimately at the end of the day. And I agree with you, we need to do everything we can to get officers, um, but we have allocated. And, and I would like to ask the chief, if you can come up for a second, chief, or maybe your, your CFO, um, how, much, how much money is in the budget right now left over from the police academies that we have allocated to your department? I mean, I know we put uh, a, a money in for multiple academy classes, and when the remainder is there, you use that remainder to do overtime, right? To fill the void or fill the need of the officers on a daily basis. I mean, we've put an unprecedented amount of money in there and given you a lot of flexibility to hire, um, but that has not been fully realized. Is that correct? Um, not exactly. So we, I think it was uh, 100 officers is what we had, what we got approved for to hire. And as we stand, we're on pace to reach 100, so there's not... How many have you hired to date? Do you know? I mean, approximately. I'm not going to hold you to that, but just if you have that or if your CFO has that. So we've had one academy class in, that started in September. Uh, there were 26 recruits in that. So we're right on target. The next class is scheduled for 
uh, January. January, and it'll be about the same size? Yes, that's what we anticipate. I think it started out with 28, but it's, we lost a but couple. But you usually have injury. some attrition, right? I mean, so you'll have right. some remainder. So how many more classes do you have for the rest of the year? And they're, aren't they on the rolling basis or they're? Yeah, so four academy classes is what we had anticipated with on average about 25 officers per class. So we actually were, as Director Leong said, a little bit over the uh, 25. Right. So my point is that we've given you enough to hire at least 100 for this year, which is very similar to what Supervisor Dorsey is proposing, and we will do the same in the upcoming year um, to en ensure that we have enough resources. And I think that's, that's going to be a very thoughtful conversation that's in the context of all these other cuts that are happening. That was my only point. Not to say that you haven't realized it, that you haven't filled the academies. I know that when you don't, the remainder goes to overtime, correct? You're allowed to use that for overtime? Well, the salary savings to balance the right. books, yes. Right, okay. That was my only point Okay. for now. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Supervisor Safai. Chief, I get a couple questions because I think, I, and I appreciate the point about the funding for hiring. But fundamentally, that is only half the equation because what we're really talking about here is recruitment. And I think that was something that Vice Chair Walton brought up. We are in a very competitive environment where people, by and large, don't want to be police officers in numbers that they may have wanted to in past decades. Um, I have said many times, and I believe, I don't know if, I think you preceded the, the Bill Clinton era where there was a lot of federal support for local governments to hire, but we are aware that we're in a demographic um, cliff issue where there is a disproportionately large number of police officers reaching retirement age at a time when there is a younger generation that isn't uh, going after th these kinds of jobs in the numbers that we have. Can you tell me what is the, uh, what is the current recruiting budget for the San Francisco Police Department? It's uh, 250000 Okay. Can you tell me how long it's been? Has it, has it come up? Is that, has it gone up and down? It's been that amount, I believe, since 2007 or so, 2007, 2008. Um, I, I know you talk to police chiefs from around the country um, and observe police departments from around the state. Um, are you aware that other police departments have higher recruiting budgets for, for what they need to do to compete in the most competitive law enforcement personnel environment we have seen in modern history? Yes. Could you speculate on something? Because I'm aware that, for example, we, we talk about the city of Alameda is up the ante with a $75,000 recruiting bonus. There, there was a CalMatters story on that that called it a success. They are solving their police staffing problem with recruiting bonuses and, and solving the public safety challenges along with it. Um, are you aware of others? I think city, is the city of Antioch also doing? All around the Bay Area, City of Antioch, City of Alameda, uh, I mean, there are departments all around the Bay Area, Redwood City, uh, Southern California, Los Angeles, New Orleans PD, uh, here I'll mention some more in the Bay Area, Hayward, Vacaville, El Cerrito, you mentioned Antioch, uh, Seattle, and those are just a few. I mean, basically, this is a very competitive environment, so the many departments have gone to signing bonuses to up their recruiting efforts. Okay. Can I ask in your professional judgment, would the certainty of five years of funding to get us from an historically unprecedented understaffing level 
to the recommended staffing level. Would that help? I believe so, yes. Uh, the impact is this. In recruiting, it, it really takes consistency to get out of um, the deficit that we're in right now. It, it's not going to happen in one year. It's going to take a consistent effort, and, and we've seen this from the Great Recession. We lost a lot of officers during that period, and we still haven't recovered because we've been up and down in terms of our efforts. So I do believe that the consistency of having a multi-year approach will be definitely helpful in terms of getting us closer to or getting us to where we're, we're trying to get to. Okay. Can I ask also, and I don't know if this would be for you or Commander Jones, but on the, in terms of the predictability of funding for a five-year period, um, it's my understanding that some of the upper and bonuses that we're talking about are structured over two or three years. Is that your understanding, and could you explain that? Yes, that's correct. So a lot of these um, are tiered. So once somebody passes the academy, they would get an initial amount of money. Once somebody passes probationary period, another sum. So really, it's not just to get them through the door, but to get them to stay as well and have some longevity. So they're usually structured over the course of a couple of years. Okay. So if there was... Actually, I suppose it's an academic question because it wasn't clear to me whether the amendment would allow for a first-year payment. But one of the things that you know this was intentionally trying to solve for in creating a fund was to avoid the mistake of the 1994 Charter Amendment, which, while it had some teeth, it was a, a minimum staffing level, um, it didn't have any kind of dollar commitment that would get us to full staffing. What concerns me is... Um, what has happened since the last charter amendment that removed the minimum staffing level. Could either or both of you address, since voters enacted Prop E in 2020, can, can you tell me where we were at that point and where we are now? I think we're several hundred officers less than we were in 2020. Um, so 2019, we started to see things come down, and 2020, it became a pretty steep decline. And I can get the exact numbers for you. Is... Like, are you aware of a drop or a decline um, in San Francisco's uh, police staffing at that level? Has it, has it dropped prior to the minimum staffing level be removed? Mm -hmm. you know, we had a minimum staffing level of 1,971 police officers from 1994 until 2020. Um, and sometimes it's, it has gone up and down. My recollection is that we came close a couple of times, but it kept us honest somewhat. I want to get a sense of historically where has it gone since uh, Prop E in 2020 was adopted? Yes, uh, since the Prop E was initiated, we were at 1,869 full-duty officers in 2019. Uh, it dropped to 1829 in 2020, it dropped to 1770 in 2021, dropped to 1588 in 2022, and it's dropped to 1475 this year. Okay. Okay. Great. Thank you. Okay. Supervisor Huffy? Yes. Uh, Chief, so you said the budget for recruiting has been at a quarter million for, since 2007. Have you asked for that number to go up? Have you proposed in your budget? Have you had conversations with the mayor? and ask for that increase? We have asked for uh, additional recruiting funds and it's still at 250. So oh, it's never been approved by the mayor? Is, is anyone from the mayor's team here today? 
Okay. Um, the and reason let me, I let, me, let me just be clear. I, you know, as you very well know, the budget process is a long process, and the budget gets negotiated throughout that process. So, as far as where those cuts happen, I, I get it, but, but you just but, but you, it you, never was increased. I understand. I mean, you said it's been the same since two thousand and seven. Supervisor Dorsey is saying that this is a this is something that's happening around the Bay Area, um, and. Again, we approved a $25 million supplemental last year. I never heard about having any of that money go toward recruitment. I never heard anything about any of these additional requests. Um, and again, this, this should be, I think, a collaborative kind of process in terms of how we're putting this together. If you think that this is an effective strategy, um, I certainly have been on the budget for three years. I've never heard that highlighted as, a, as an idea or a proposal. And so my point is, I am for this concept, and I am supporting it, but in the context of everything that's happening in our city today, and that's why I asked Commander Jones uh, those questions, um, you won't be able to effectively, your officers won't be effectively be able to do their job if all the other public safety pieces in the city are underfunded or cut or understaffed. And so it's an entire ecosystem um, that I think is really important, and um, I'm glad to know that you know, when you did the presentation last week and talked about what recruitment can do and the impacts it can have. Um, it's the same thing when we asked for an assistant district attorney in the budget last year to focus on retail theft, and that was also denied by the mayor's office. But we did get, what, $17 million grant? Are there ever any funding from the state that also can help with recruitment, some of the things you're talking about today, like in some of the other areas that we've worked on? We, we actually applied for a grant, a uh, federal grant, I think it was $5 million, directly on, directly on that, um, for hiring officers. So we were approved for that, and that's a help. So what is that $5 million going to be used for? To hire officers. So in similar ways that, you're, that you've laid out before in terms of recruitment? Does it, does that it give five you million, I believe, is for salaries. And correct me if I'm wrong. Oh, is it is it for the academy? The way you broke it down last night to pay the people while they're in the academy, and that's the majority of the line item goes toward the salaries and training money. Yeah, I believe it's for salaries, with Patrick. That's correct. The uh, grant specifically pays for the salary for new officers that join the department. Right. Meaning while they're in the academy, or when they join. It. it the, the grant itself pays, it, the commitment is for three years of funding. So the grant will pay for the salary um, for, up to th uh, for that duration. Of a new officer? Yes. So could you use that in a similar way that we're talking about today? Could you, do you have flexibility to use that as, as signing bonuses? No, not for signing bonuses. It's specifically for personnel costs. But you could allocate some of your additional money and replace it with this grant money to do something creative, correct? Not in that manner as well. So for all of our grant programs, there is a provision of not supplanting. So any resources that we have, oh, okay. We, okay. we do have to be but Okay. So anyway, my, my main point was this, this budget has stayed under this mayor and under this, this department, like this, the recruitment money has stayed flat at quarter million dollars. Yeah, and we have applied for an, we applied for another grant this year to increase the the amount of money we would have for recruitment, but we did not get it. Okay, got it. 
I was talking more about the funding. Okay. Great. Thanks. Thank you, Supervisor Safai. Um, I mean, I have some, I think I don't, I don't have any more questions. Um, I have uh, thoughts on this um, amendment, but I don't know if you, uh, Vice Chair Walton, do you have any questions for them or should I? Thank you, Chair Dorsey. I, I don't have any questions. I just, you keep asking questions that are asking the department to speculate. And I'm wondering when we stop looking at data to make budgetary decisions, but no, I don't, I don't have any questions. You just keep asking the same questions over and over and over again. And we got a lot of the public here that we probably should be hearing from. Well, I mean, I guess I would just like to end with it would be good to hear from the mayor and the mayor budget office in terms of how they plan to address the upcoming budget and if, they, if they're making this a priority, if they want to make recruitment and some of the things that are talked about today a priority. Because regardless of what we do here and what amendments we make going forward, um, I think that that's an important piece of the conversation since the mayor controls the budget process primarily. I think... The mayor has a role to play. I think the Board of Supervisors has a role to play, and voters also have a role to play. Um, so I thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, thank you Supervisors. Um, before, I'm just going to, in one respect, I will concede that I am grateful for the amendments being offered today, um, but in only one respect, and that is because over the course of many months, I have made many, probably dozens of pitches to um, community organizations and potential supporters, and occasionally I will get the question, why do voters need to fix San Francisco's police staffing crisis? And I think this gives me an exhibit A. This is exactly why voters need to fix this, because I don't believe City Hall will. I think this is an amendment that is a hostile amendment that makes this charter amendment that the police chief and other police chiefs I've spoken with something that could solve this problem, it renders it performative instead of substantive. This is a last minute, this is a last minute amendment. Um, in my view, it is a poison pill to defund police recruitment and to deny San Franciscans a fully staffed police department unless they approve new taxes to pay for it. Um, I, I see it as kind of cynical. I think this is, and I, well, I think it is, I think hostage, understanding the sensitivity of it, this is holding San Franciscans hostage. Their, their public safety hostage for a tax hike, and I think most San Franciscans are not going to be happy about it. I think San Franciscans, by and large, should reasonably expect that a fully staffed police department is part and parcel of the baseline obligation of what a well-led city government should do. And instead, the, the, the charter amendment that I authored that is supported by Mayor Breed, and which our current chief of police and also former chief of police, Greg Sir, both, both agree would work, um, would give voters the ability to accomplish that. Um, it would prioritize existing tax dollars for more police hiring and better address our public safety crisis. Instead, I think this amendment tells San Franciscans, of course you can have a fully staffed police department, but only if you pay extra for it. Uh, this is making San Francisco into the spirit airlines of municipal governments, and I think most San Franciscans will find it infuriating. A fully staffed police department should be what you get for for the taxes you already pay. 
And I don't think that this um, is something that I can support. I think it would be funny if it weren't so harmful to our ability to make the kind of progress to dismantle open-air drug markets, to restore and maintain public order, to protect public safety citywide. Um, so I am disinclined to support this amendment, but um, Supervisor Safai. I'll just end with, I, I just let's characterize this appropriately. It doesn't ask essentially for a new tax. It says that there could be additional revenue in the future or existing revenue existing revenue that could be reorganized into this. Um, so that is a fact. Secondly, it is absolutely, right, now you got my blood boiling a little bit, absolutely irresponsible and inappropriate to put in front of the electorate and say, choose between this, I'm going to give you this, but all this other stuff is going to go away. And I'm going to jeopardize that. I don't care about emergency rooms when people get hurt. I don't care if there's not a 911 call operator to answer the phone. I don't care if a paramedic shows up when I need it, because all I want is this. Listen, I have been one of the loudest voices for more police officers in this city. I have been consistent about that. So you're not the only one, Supervisor Dorsey. That is a mischaracterization. And please stop using the word hostage. It's really, really insensitive in this moment. It is okay. absolutely insensitive. And personally, an affront to me as well, based on my own personal experiences growing up. Okay? Please stop saying that. Lastly, I will say, we can do this in an appropriate way. Where is the mayor? Where is the mayor who controls the budget? Because the mayor controls the budget. She can make a commitment to this today and say, I will put this in my budget, put this all to end, and I will make this a commitment. And guess what? You have all these other people in the city that care about public safety. Let's bring people to the table. Where is the leadership? Where is the leadership on this issue? Rather than just running off to press conferences, cutting ribbons, and then showing up and saying, I'm tired of all the BS. Well, guess what? I'm tired of all the BS, too. Thank you. The, just a point of clarification. The, the legislation that you are amending here, the words are, this is contingent upon the controller's certification that a future tax measure be passed by voters. It says is, on line 14. To, this is a ploy for a tax hike. That new or modified tax. Modified means okay. existing. There are a number of existing taxes out there that are going to be restructured. We have something that we passed in the last year that's just now coming in, the CEO tax. We have the business tax. We have the gross receipts tax. We have existing taxes, supervisor, that are in the process of being modified and concerned about being modified. Let's all get to the table and make this a priority. Okay. I just want, I, but it's, it is clear that this is, it is contingent on a, on a tax measure whether a tax hike or a modified tax, but only then can we have a fully staffed police department. I think this is, so this is exactly the reason, this is the performative kind of thing, it is emblematic of what the approach was with Mental Health SF, where we had uh, triggers that were, you know, this we're gonna enact a policy to tell everybody that we're doing something, but we're gonna put 
tri triggers in where it won't become operative. Four years later, we still don't have an operative mental health SF okay. on the books. And I think this is doing the same thing. This is telling voters that we're doing something that does nothing. If you're, in my view, if you're happy with how city government is working today, um, if this, is, this amendment is for you. If you're happy with how the city feels right now, um, I think this is an amendment you can be happy with if you think City Hall can solve this. Uh, this is an amendment to support. But if you actually want to address what I think is the five alarm fire that is the public safety crisis in this city, I trust voters to solve this. And I trust voters to solve it in, the, in a responsible way that we took months working on, not something that is going to be derailed by an 11th hour poison pill amendment that is a ploy for new or modified taxes. That's my view. Vice Chair Walton. Thank you, Chair Dorsey. I, I find it strange that it took you months to come up with a, I find it strange. I just got to say, I find it strange it took you months to come up with a charter amendment that does absolutely nothing. Um, to, to Supervisor Safai's point, the mayor puts the budget together and can include an enumerate amount of resources for all city departments. Your charter doesn't do anything but say, we're going to fund something that may not come to may not come into fruition. So it's a myth to get the voters to think that we can guarantee a minimum number of staffing. That is a myth. We can never guarantee that. The work should be on getting people excited about becoming police officers, getting people excited about serving in that manner so that we can fill our academies so that folks want to serve. That's where the problem lies. We have the resources to fund the police department. The police department is fully funded. There are, all officers are paid for and will continue to be paid for. But if you want increases, which obviously I support the entire safety network versus just thinking policing is going to solve our public safety issues. But Supervisor Safai is absolutely right that this is something that can happen from the executive branch of government. So we're going in circles. You're giving the public a myth of that we'll be able to have a minimum police staffing number, which is just a fallacy. So we're going in circles in this meeting. The public is here to talk. You keep saying the same thing over and over again. But yeah, if it took you months to come up with that, I apologize. Thank you, Vice Chair Walton. So I think we're ready for um, public comment, but uh, as for public comment today, we, have, we only have two items on today's agenda, but given the many members of the public here to participate, I think as last week, we will um, facilitate this orderly meeting by getting to both items and limiting public comment to one minute. Um, I would also ask, I know that the uh, clerk had mentioned people to um, please observe some decorum, watch cell phones. Um, I would also ask that we observe uh, board rules about applause. Um, customarily, expressions of support are expressed with uh, waving hands or jazz hands. Um, so let's be respectful. And Mr. Clerk, can we open up item number one to public comment? Uh, yes, just to restate, we are taking public comment. We are allocating one minute per speaker. And in terms of the signs, please keep them at chest level or lower so that you do not block the view of other parties. And again, uh, can we have our first speaker? 
Good morning, uh, Supervisors Dorsey, Safai, and Walton. And thank you for this hearing. My name is Teresa Rutherford. I am president of SEIU 1021. We represent over 18,000 workers in the city and over 200 classifications. A large proportion of that um, are um, part of public safety. I do want to endorse what um, Supervisor Walton said, that the, the staffing vacancy is not going to be solved by creating an, a charter amendment. It needs to be addressed because of the social and historical issues that the police has had among their ranks and in the practices. That is what is keeping people from joining the force. And so the, 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 the amendment will not solve that problem. Um, I do want to point out that this amendment would take away over 200 million um, from the general fund. It would Thank also you. take away, um, it would also take away from. Thank you, uh, speaker time has elapsed. We are allocating one minute per person. Speaker time has elapsed. Please proceed. Oh, my apologies. Please proceed. Good morning. I'm just sorry. I'm having problems with the button. Make sure 60 seconds too. You can see the clock on the before you. I see the clock. All right. Good morning, Supervisor Safai, Walton, and Dorsey. Um, I have talking points. My name is Kristen Hardy. I am the vice president for San Francisco 10 to 1. I'm also a San Francisco native. You know, um, regarding this, I, we de let me just start off by saying this. We fully support uh, Supervisor Safaid's amendment to this, um, regardless if it's the last hour. And, and no disrespect to the police here and to you, Supervisor Dorsey, but I was bred here. You, you flew here, I was grew here, okay? So you don't speak for the San Francisco residents. As me being a resident born and raised, we do, we do support our police. But this amendment, we would not be voting on this. Me or my community in D7 and grew up in D11 would not be in support of this. I support uh, Supervisor Asha, I support Supervisor Walton. Be equal about it. We represent the 911 dispatchers. Commander just spoke how my members are a big part of this. Make sure that the money is spread evenly. If elapsed. you want a piece of it among all of us, we'll be Speaker in support of it. Elapsed. But don't dish it all to the police. Okay. Hi, my name is Gus Vallejo. I'm uh, 
a long time. I actually, I'm a resident and native of San Francisco, and I'm also president of IFPTE Local 21, where we represent over 5,000 city workers. And like everyone here, I'm here to speak my opposition to the reckless uh, policing staffing charter amendment as it's currently written. The measure mandates a budget set-aside, which takes money out of the general fund, money that can go to other priorities, as we've heard. Uh, the prospect, uh, the proposed set-aside would put our entire budget in crisis, draining over $200 million over 500 years from the general fund. This would lead to, few, as we know, fewer uh, dispatchers, firefighters, nurses, and other essential workers. And we know the city is already struggling to fill thousands of vacant positions, including hundreds of vacant nursing positions. New set-asides need to come with new funding sources. Uh, residents, like me, want to make our city safer, but they also want uh, to be smart about it. So I urge you to support the amendments to ensure that this measure doesn't come at the expense of so many other life-saving priorities. Made it. Good morning, Supervisors. I'm Bianca Polavina. I am the President-Elect of IFPTE Local 21. I am also a Compliance Officer here for the City and County of San Francisco and a District 8 resident of the city. I'm here today to strongly oppose this police staffing charter amendment because public safety includes so much more than just police. Public safety includes public health, it includes emergency services, it includes breaking the school-to-prison pipeline, and so much more. As written, this proposed set-aside would drain hundreds of millions of dollars from these other priorities with nothing to show for it, as we've already heard. The people who live, work, and play in San Francisco deserve a full and comprehensive investment in public safety. Residents want you, want all of us, to make our city safer, but they also want you to be smart about it. I urge you to support the amendments to ensure that this measure doesn't come at the expense of so many other life-saving priorities. Thank you. Rudy Gonzalez, San Francisco Building and Construction Trades Council, 27 trade unions. Some of my reps are here in the room. Um, support the overall theme. Need you to accept these strategic amendments that allow you to identify one of those revenue sources that a lot of hardworking San Franciscans overwhelmingly, way over two-thirds, approved at the height of the pandemic. We probably need to recalibrate some of those in future conversations, but we need to set up collaborative tables where people can come together and say, I am pro-police funding, but in the months you took to come up with this supervisor, you didn't identify a funding source. And finally, on a personal note, I'm deeply offended at the, worst of the, the use of the word hostage. I have three Jewish kids that I have to sit at the table with and they have to wonder how they talk about current events in their classrooms. And there are real hostages right now in a crisis in our world. And the kind supervisor asked you twice, and you fucking doubled down on it. Shame on you, supervisor. That was wrong. Good morning, supervisors. I'm AJ Thomas, a member of IFPT Local 21. I'm here to advocate for Supervisor Safai's proposed changes to item one, the police staffing charter amendment. Without any changes, the current proposed charter amendment does not have a responsible funding mechanism and would put further burdens on the city's general fund. We support an amended resolution that funds the charter amendment's law enforcement staffing objectives and has a funding mechanism that actually pays for it. You cannot add more police without also adding more 911 operators to support them. 
you cannot propose changes to the funding commitments without providing necessary revenue to support those proposals. We support a safer and smarter San Francisco, one that protects residents and small businesses. But San Francisco voters understand that expanding financial commitments requires allocating additional resources to solve the problem. Please vote yes on Supervisor Safai's proposed amendment. Thank you very much. Good morning, Supervisors. Uh, my name is Kim Thompson. I've been a city employee for over 30 years, and I am the IFPTE Local 21 San Francisco Vice President. It seems to me that it's irresponsible, especially given the recent mid-year budget cuts the mayor has requested to pass a charter amendment without a defined revenue stream that will impact the general fund and certainly have an adverse impact on city services and employees. We support a safer, smarter San Francisco. We can have both safety and support for our services. What we need here are real budget priorities and real fiscal leadership. Thank you. Hi, my name is Martha Conti, and I have lived in San Francisco since 1975, paid taxes here. Um, I personally have had experiences with crime. I've had check fraud, wire fraud, a bullet come through my bathroom window five minutes after I left, and my son's friends robbed at gunpoint on the way home from my house. So public safety is the priority, the first priority in a civil society. And it is not a zero-sum game. If we were to pass this measure without additional taxes, we would stop losing businesses and citizens and taxpayers and be able to create that fundamental public safety that is essential to a thriving city, a thriving community, a thriving uh, San Francisco. So I would advocate to pass this measure and not add any amendments to increase taxes. Thank you for your time. Good morning, Supervisors. I'm Brandon Dawkins. I'm the Vice President of Organizing for SEIU Local 1021. Um, I can speak from experience, first of all, as a former San Francisco resident, now Antioch resident. Um, at pushing more funds to add police to the department does not keep San Francisco safe. Providing vital services to public health, that we can provide mental health services, wraparound services to get people off the streets, that's what helped keep us safe. So I would encourage you all to, um, to support Supervisor Safai's amendments and let's not add any more cops to this, but let's think smarter about how we're pushing these funds and let's think smarter about how we can keep San Francisco safe. And it's not adding more police officers. I can speak from experience that living in the city of Antioch, just because they um, just because they added a $30,000 uh, bonus to add police officers and to recruit and attract more police officers still ain't keeping Antioch safe because it's still dangerous as hell. So we need to think other ways and to keep San Francisco safe and it's not by adding more police officers, it's by supporting other services that keeps us safe.
Hello, my name is Leslie Cupper. I'm a senior behavioral health clinician with the Department of Public Health. Supervisor Dorsey, I told you my feelings about this uh, amendment two months ago, so I'll speak to the other two individuals. Um, this is a problem. I value the police. My family have police officers in them. I professionally have collaborated with police to help defuse situations. We do not need to pit us versus them, which is what this amendment does. Um, I think that <sighs> I work with the intensive case management program, and I know that there's been concern about the wait list for folks doing mental health in the city and for residents receiving mental health services. The last thing that we need is to take money away from those of us providing those services. Secondly, uh, I used to work for the Department of Homelessness and Supportive Housing. Overdoses are not going to be solved by police. Ugh. I live in District 7 with my family, own a wine store on New Montgomery Street that has uh, 10 employees. We're obviously impacted by the rise of crime downtown. Since 2020, we've had our windows broken, our door, bent, our door frame bent, and multiple break-ins. This obviously hurts us financially, but worse, we've been told from our insurance broker that given the high crime environment, there's a very real risk that we'll not be able to renew our policy when it expires because we cannot operate without insurance that would be the end of our business in San Francisco. We must get police officers back on the streets, walking a beat where their presence can be seen and felt. Likewise, San Francisco must have enough police to properly respond to burglar alarms and phone calls so that burglars stop laughing at us when we say that, the, that we're calling the police. Police need adequate staffing to show burglars that there are consequences for breaking the laws in San Francisco. If policing does not improve and crime does not come down, operating a retail store will become impossible and even retailers like us who want desperately to stay open in San Francisco will have to close. Thank you. I'm Arnold Trogman. I was a teacher, uh, a pair of, was for San Francisco Unified for 37 years. I live in Park Merced. It used to be a beautiful neighborhood. Now it looks like a ghetto with there's graffiti all over the place. My car was stolen twice. I'm getting ripped off. The people who claim to represent unions here, they have their executive board meetings make decisions. They don't ask. Just like our union leaders didn't ask us nothing. They don't ask us anything. They don't represent us. The same people who are responsible for the storm are now complaining that it's raining. They can't be trusted to, to, to solve the problem. Either you do it or we're going to take you out politically and you can go teach at a university and fail upward like, like Lori Lightfoot in Chicago. Thanks a lot. Good morning, Supervisors. My name is Forrest Cameron. I'm a student of the University of San Francisco, as well as the vice president of our student body and a resident of the Tenderloin. I got involved on my campus because I saw the struggle students were having. And while I do appreciate the committee's attempt to make San Francisco a safer place for us students, if the Board of Supervisors really wanted to make a difference, it would reconsider item one and use the general fund to invest in the youths and students that live in this city. Every day I hear student testimony about running out of money, skipping meals, working two, three jobs to try and make their, to pay their bills, to keep the rent, to pay the rent. I hear fears of evictions, the issues of mental health, and the unanimous feeling of apathy and neglect towards the youth of San Francisco. 
If the Board of Supervisors wanted to improve the quality of life of the city, they'd make healthcare more accessible and affordable. They'd help lower the rent and food. They'd do anything that can make the lives of the over 8,000 students at the university a little easier. Supervisors, I am tired of having to watch my students and constituents struggle to go to school. Tired of hearing 18 and 19 year olds struggle and suffer alone. And we would like Speaker your help to elapsed. make our lives a little easier. Thank you. I have to go to class. Bye. <laughs> Good morning, Supervisors. My name is Angela Chan. I'm an assistant attorney at the San Francisco Public Defender's Office. I also previously served on the Police Commission. I urge you today to vote no on Supervisor Dorsey's SFPD funding charter amendment that would cost an estimated $300 million and contain no revenue source. This legislation provides no meaningful oversight or accountability regarding how SFPD would manage this windfall should the legislation be adopted by voters. Instead, the legislation orders the Police Commission, which is supposed to be an an independent oversight body to blindly accept SFPD's budgetary requests and to limit any reductions to SFPD's budget to no more than 5% absent a two-thirds vote. This legislation should be seen in the context of other efforts to weaken the Commission's oversight of SFPD. The legislation provides SFPD with open-ended discretion to spend precious public resources on recruiting and hiring efforts and advertising, but it provides no metrics to measure effectiveness, whether SFPD is required to explain how it used the funds and what the funds are used on. It is fair to wonder if this fund will be used for other purposes, such as creating a reality show about SFPD officers for advertising purposes. Vote. Melanie Kim with the San Francisco Public Defender's Office. The board should be skeptical about allowing SFPD to govern its own affairs and of continuing to invest huge sums of public funds into a department with a track record of misconduct. Just recently, several officers were accused of falsifying traffic stop data, which may show that SFPD's already inexcusable racial disparities in stops, searches, and seizures are underreported. During the pandemic, dozens of officers were fired because they refused to receive the COVID-19 va vaccine. Raising serious questions about whether SFPD's staffing crisis is, in part, self-made. Since 2016, SFPD has stashed dozens of problem officers away who cannot perform their charter duty to preserve the public peace, prevent and detect crime, and protect the rights of persons and property in so-called rubber rooms, while the city has paid upwards of $16 million in salary for those officers. Similarly, the city has paid $70 million to settle claims against SFPD officers. None of this money comes from SFPD's budget. Perhaps it should. Adding more officers with a weakened oversight and accountability systems is a recipe to waste more public funds. Thank you. Good morning, supervisors. My name is Carolyn Dijon-Gusen, and I'm a longtime resident and parent in San Francisco, a member of Local 21, and I work with the Public Defender's Office. I'm here to urge you to table this charter measure. This legislation lacks clear metrics and accountability, and most disturbingly, gives SFPD access to massive amounts of city funding at a time when the city is projecting a $780 million budget deficit, and we are heading right now into mid-year budget cuts. This legislation, directly undermines the express will of voters who just three years ago passed Prop E to remove the minimum staffing levels with more than 70% support so that the city could use a thoughtful process for determining police staffing, staffing based on data. At a time when the public health crisis is leading to unprecedented overdose deaths in our streets, we desperately need more mental health care workers, social workers, residential treatment beds, as well as affordable housing. This measure will take funds that should be focused on saving lives and 
and instead give annual funding increases to the SFPD, irrespective of their effectiveness or the overall needs of the city. Uh, before the ne next speaker speaks, I would just like to remind the audience that uh, we would appreciate it if you do not uh, use um, audible applause and to use the jazz hands instead so that we can continue with our public comment in an efficient manner. And do not speak over the public commenter as a courtesy. It would be appreciated. Thank you very much. Please begin. Hi, my name is Jesse Seifer. I'm with the San Francisco Public Defender's Office. Um, instead of inflating an already large department, the city should reinvigorate its search for more effective and cost-efficient alternatives to policing. An immediate way to reduce officer workload while preserving transparency and accountability is enacting policies such as the limitation on pretext stops. SFPD conducts tens of thousands of stops for minor infractions such as broken taillights, but rarely just recovers contraband. To further reduce burdens on officer time, instead of creating more time through increased staffing, invest in evidence-based alternatives to policing. Importantly, such models are overwhelmingly popular with the public as an alternative to police-only interventions. Consider Denver's approach to mental health calls for service, sending mental health specialists instead of police to address substance abuse and nonviolence emergencies, reduce some crimes by as much as San Francisco can follow their lead. Thank you. Please vote no. We don't need this. Yes. Hi, good afternoon or good morning, everybody. This is Evelyn Coriel. I am the 10 to 1 SIU board member and also a chairperson industry for San Francisco. The concern that I have is not just that a person or department is supposed to be taking care of the whole entire of the city, not just only one. Because if you're creeping with all the funding that we have, that we work for, we're not going to go nowhere. We are suffering right now with the identity they're trying to get more funding. Police are supposed to be getting more funding from the other criteria, not everybody's funding. Because with these things, our city will be going to doom. And we didn't want to be just like Chicago right now. Thank you. Good morning, my name is Mayna Young. I've been a 40-year resident in San Francisco, the District 1. Uh, I can see that the government is not working because as you can see, the bickering over the most basic service that we deserve. People are not feeling safe. One-tenth of the citizens have, I mean, of the residents have left the, the city. So they are voting with their feet. So with the basic service in place, that uh, Supervisor Dorsey has proposed, we will ensure that we have the basic service that we deserve and people can have a livelihood. Then we can ha uh, thrive as a city and bring back the businesses. Thank you. Please uh, endorse um, Supervisor's proposal. Thank you. Good morning, my name is Stephen Martin Pinto and I strongly support Supervisor Dorsey's minimum police staffing legislation. As a firefighter in the Bayview District at Station 17, I serve your constituents, Supervisor Walton. I often work closely with the SFPD on emergencies. When it comes to violent incidents such as shootings or stabbings, which unfortunately are 
becoming not uncommon, it is critical that police are on site to provide scene security so that we can provide our life-saving critical care. I think it's obvious that the public safety is a foundational policy from which every other policy is dependent on, to include housing and transportation policy, and thusly deserves high priority. Without public safety, we do not have visitors, business patrons, businesses, residents, and we will not have tax revenue and money for our city programs. So therefore, I strongly support Supervisor Dorsey's minimum police staffing legislation. Thank you. Good morning, Supervisors. Alan Burradell. Um, I'm here to speak against Supervisor Safai's poison pill amendment and in support of Supervisor Dorsey's police staffing measure. A fully staffed police department is the least that we should expect from our tax dollars. In order to refund, in order to refund our SFPD, our SFPD needs to have the certainty, the certainty over a period of five years to execute a plan to refund the police. This amendment by Supervisor Safai, and by the way, Supervisor Safai, thank you for clarifying for everybody in San Francisco that you are firmly in the side of the defund the police camp. Defund the police is clearly what, wants to, is what you're looking for here. We are doing something without actually doing anything is what this amendment says. And we're tired of that. We're tired of you delivering that. Say no to this amendment. Support Dorsey's ballot measure. Thank you. Hi, my name is Bert Wilson. I'm a San Francisco 911 dispatcher. Our problems echo the same as what San Francisco police is echoing, but we've been living it already. We have a 40% staffing shortage right now. Every weekend, there's mandatory overtime where they're mandatorying 17 to 18 dispatchers to stay, long, making 12-hour days, 12 to 16-hour day work weeks every day. I'm asking that if you approve your SFPD to fund us also. I mean, like Safai stated, it's an ecosystem, a public safety ecosystem, and we need to get funded just as much as SFPD. Thank you. Hello, my name is Susan Abbott. I'm a native San Franciscan. I'm a tour guide and tour director, and I'm the the whole atmosphere of tourism, I get questions only about crime now and where not to go. And tourism is a huge uh, revenue for so many, so many businesses. And they don't want to, they don't want to go to Applebee's. They want to go to the small businesses in the small neighborhoods. And these neighborhoods are deteriorating, and it's it's completely defunding the whole idea of wanting to come to San Francisco. Also, I say look at your talk about these uh, public safety being on the chopping block. We spend $1.1 billion on homelessness, and that is not tracked. There is no accountability there. We don't know the accountability of the nonprofits and the non-governmental organizations that are supposedly fixing the mental health problem and the homelessness in San Francisco. I support Dorsey's uh, charter amendment. Thank you. 
Hi, good morning. My name is Debbie Dobson. I'm an SEIU 10 to 1 executive board member, and I'm a chapter officer at Laguna Honda Hospital. Laguna Honda Hospital employees are working short-staffed, doing the back-breaking work of providing care and frontline services to our patients. And these patients, they're human beings, and they need this care for many different reasons. Some of them are unable to take care of themselves physically or mentally. We're also in the process of trying to get recertified. We, working short-staffed, our people are being injured and having to take off, making it the more short-staffing. And in addition to that, when they're short-staffed, they're forced to cut corners. And that has the potential to impede our recertification and our ability to continue providing care. We don't need money funneled away from providing care to these human beings that need to be cared for. So I implore you, do not take that much money out of the general fund because we need to be able to continue to provide services Speaker for these people. Elapsed. Thank you. Hello, um, my name is Shannon Knox. I'm the executive director of the San Francisco Drug Users Union. Um, we're a harm reduction program in the Tenderloin, um, an asset to the community. And we, um, me and my staff have reversed two overdoses in the last three weeks. Um, our budget is 238,000. We aren't funded by the city whatsoever. Um, and having come back to San Francisco, being gone since 2018, I'm like, I don't think that more police is what we, mean, we need right now, especially considering arresting drug users increases their likelihood to overdose by like 12.7%. Having just lost someone to overdose, just released from um, jail, I think that we need to look at other alternatives to um, public safety here in San Francisco. And also like, I looked at the statistics yesterday just to catch up and this is like a joke. Like San Francisco's police department is super not effective for what, we're, what the taxpayers are paying for. Like, I was like, I don't even know what to say. There's so much I could say. But think about people's lives, I guess. How about that? Uh, hi, my name's Dylan Evans. Uh, I was a homeless drug addict for years, and I would do anything to get, you know, I was never scared of the police when I was out there. We would, any, anyone who's trying to get that fixed, they don't care about the police. The police aren't going to stop the crimes. But ever since I started working with, with SFDUU, the, uh, I haven't committed any crimes. And uh, no one really wants to do, to do the crime. They, they do it because they have to. So given a choice, I, I no longer commit those crimes. It's, it's, just, it's pretty simple. Police don't need the money. We need the money. San Francisco can't ever again afford to face the shortage of police officers that we now have. Let's be clear, the total current budget shortfall is the direct result of the highly visible rampant crime and growing homelessness and addiction issues that have eroded our tax base, eviscerated tourism and convention business, and damaged so many small businesses and residents. Those issues are exacerbated by both the police commission's continual hamstringing of SFPD and this government's utterly failed policies on addressing mental health and addiction issues driving homelessness. 
I strongly urge this committee to move Supervisor Dorsey's proposed charter amendment forward as is. How exactly is it, quote, fiscally prudent to not prevent our current situation from happening again? Morning, Supervisors. Uh, my name is Chris Burnett. I'm an out-of-work uh, glazer with Local uh, 718, San Francisco Local 718. And uh, I believe that you ask any San Franciscan, this is a complicated problem. You're talking about mental health. You're talking about poverty. You're talking about drug use on the streets of San Francisco. If you want a silver, bu silver bullet, Supervisor Dorsey, housing. Put a roof over these people's heads, and you will stabilize their lives. And you'll probably save their lives. Vote no, vote down on this amendment. I still have 30 seconds here, folks. <laughs> That's the simple truth of it. Just put a roof over these people's heads and you will save their lives. You talked about fentanyl. You talked about all these problems that are definitely clear to anybody that lives and works here in San Francisco. Just build the housing. Give them a roof over their heads and you will save their lives. Support the support staff that make this city better. More cops isn't going to do it. Thank you. Good morning, Supervisors. My name is Carl Kay, and I lead the Asian Law Caucus's Criminal Justice Reform Program. On behalf of the caucus, I'm here to strongly oppose this charter amendment. My organization serves uh, low-income and immigrant Asian and Pacific Islander communities. So we are well aware that this is a time of intense fear and anxiety about public safety. The intensity of those feelings makes it all the more important to avoid locking in a long-term set-aside that would continue to impose unfunded mandates on the, and shackle the judgment of city leaders far into the future. Public safety is a complicated challenge that re requires well-thought-out strategies. It can't be reduced to the number of sworn officers who are on the payroll. Thank you, Supervisor Safai, for highlighting how this set-aside will lead to staffing shortages in other important city departments. And it's important to note, this isn't just a five-year set-aside. Some aspects of this last into 2035. Some of the structural changes are permanent. Please vote this down. Hello, my name is Claire Lau. I'm with the Chinese Progressive Association. I live in San Francisco and I work with uh, working class Chinese immigrant families in the city. Our community is deeply concerned about safety and wants a comprehensive approach to address it. Uh, that means adequate and effective responses from 911 dispatchers, police and emergency workers, mental health and drug rehab providers, educators, as well as programs that protect our tenants, workers, and families. San Francisco is projected to have a uh, half a billion uh, budget deficit next year, as Super Sabahi um, mentioned earlier, and we are heading into mid-year budget cuts. We need our government to be smart and responsible in developing and funding a comprehensive approach to safety. That is why CPA supports Super Safai, Supervisor Safai's amendment uh, that attaches a revenue source so that this measure does not come at the expense of so many other life-saving priorities. Thank you. Uh, let's take a quick pause and let the room clear out so that we can hear you a little bit better. Mm. Just give us a moment. Mm -hmm. <laughs> 
Okay. Good afternoon, um, supervisors. My name is Lewa Wu. I work at Chinese Progressive Association, work with constituents uh, who live in D3, 4, 10, and 11. I'm here to uh, support Supervisor Safai's amendment to this measure. We're here in support because over and over again, our members have showed a deep concern for, to what Claire had mentioned earlier, a comprehensive understanding of safety. We as an organization have spoken to over 1,300 community members to understand their concerns around safety. Yes, our communities have spoken to homelessness, spoken to mental health and drug addiction, and they've spoken to a need for police. And overwhelmingly, what they spoke more of was the need for stable housing, more funding for public schools, good opportunities for work, a mutual support, care, and network of services that speak to true accountability. We need our government to be smart, to be responsible in developing an approach that, that, is, that, is, um, that makes sure that we cover our revenue, the needs to have Speaker this revenue attached to ensure its sustainability and that we don't drain our millions of dollars of our, our funding. Thank you. Good morning, supervisors. Uh, my name is Aaron Kramer. I'm a registered nurse at San Francisco General Hospital. I've been with the city and county for 15 years. Um, I'm here today um, respectfully to disagree uh, with your amendment, Supervisor Dorsey, and your Fox News rhetoric. Um, I'm not here to ostracize the police. You know, I need them to do my job. But I need a collaborative, comprehensive team of services to be able to take care of the people that I care for. Um, you know, being at the hospital through the COVID crisis, you could throw as much money as you want at a nurse, they're not gonna stay. You know, traveler nurses were paid like mercenaries. You know, we've had chronic short staffing throughout that and for the years I've worked there. I don't think throwing this money towards the police is gonna help their staffing problems. You know, we're both highly regulated, skilled labor professions. It's hard to train and recruit, I understand that, but this, the, the, the crisis and public safety issues are not going to be solved by them alone. We need a collaborative team of services to do the job. Speaker, Thank time you. time has elapsed. Hi, my name is uh, Brenda Barros, and I'm here in support of the amendment from uh, Supervisor Safai. And the reason, uh, this is very personal for me. I've had two people I know killed by the San Francisco Police Department. The current way needs to change. We can't keep going back to the same crap that we know doesn't work. You can't arrest your way out of this. That's not gonna get people out of poverty. That's not gonna deal with any of the issues that cause crime in the first place. So deal with that first before you just wanna hire more cops. Can I start? Yes, please. Okay. Uh, my name is Ruben Juarez, and a, I'm a library worker for the city and county of San Francisco, coming up on 37 years. I also live in the city and am a proud member of SEIU 1021. I'm here to um, oppose Supervisor Dorsey's charter amendment. It's clear that public safety requires more than law enforcement. Um, 
we don't want to see fewer firefighters, nurses, mental health service, services, homelessness services, substance abuse, treatment services, and other essential workers and services who keep San Francisco safe. I work again for the San Francisco Public Library. We see a lot of the, um, the landscape that's changed our city, but more police won't be the solution. In our department, we have our wonderful building and ground patrol officers who de-escalate cer certain situations. In other words, there's um, different ways to handle the situation instead of adding more police. And uh, thank you. Where's the clock? Uh, I have you look down, you can see the number. Let's see. Um. Good morning, supervisors. I'm Jabez Wesley from D3. I'm here to oppose um, this charter amendment. Um, just a few numbers. Uh, the San Francisco Police Department um, is allowed at about $775 billion a year, and let's say like about $75 billion of that is um, for the airports. That's still about $700 um, million, sorry. Um, and uh, this year, um, advocates put together this proposal for something called CARTS, Compassion Alternate Response, um, that would cost an, an approximated $7 million a year, which is 1% of the police budget, and it would handle level C um, crises, which are basically noise complaints, um, loitering, you know, nonviolent um, situations. And sending police to these situations makes our city more dangerous because um, it's an escalation in violence. It's someone with a gun. Um, and if we want a safer city, we want to, we need to get police out of these interactions, defund the police. Black Lives Matter, defund the police. My name is Jordan, my pronouns are she, her, they, them, and I am concerned about public safety as a Tenderloin resident, but I don't support this fucked up bullshit ass charter amendment because I believe public safety is about making sure people have their needs met and not taking away funding of human needs for more cops. The only PD I support is public defenders. This charter amendment is not about public safety for all of us. It's political masturbation and crisis candy that is riling up a conservative base and when I and autistic trans femmes speak up about it, I get dock stalked, harassed, unconsensually photographed outside the political arena. He even had death threats aimed towards me, including a constituent slash super fan of du Supervisor Dorsey threatening to kill me with fire and a constituent fan of Stephanie threatening me with dog mauling. All in the name of public safety. More cops won't keep our marginalized communities safe. We keep us safe. You are a disgrace. Lick my gun and choke on it. I yield my time. Fuck you. Good morning, my name is Sarah Silver. I'm co-lead of the iconic D3 neighborhood group. Supervisor Dorsey, I'm here to support you in your efforts to fix the crisis with the police staffing. My question is this, can we tap the civilian population to help fill the void, to field calls and handle other administrative functions? I see so many passionate people in this room. I'm sure they have broad experience in life and in the city. And many of us have some spare time we could probably use an extra few hundred dollars a week. I did some quick math, figured you could hire 40 people, 20 hours a week at $24 for a million dollars. With 25 million, there'd be a thousand part-time workers. Thank you.
Good morning. My name is Jay Connor B. Ortega, and I'm co-president of Iconic D3. The board defunded our police in 2020, including our now Assemblymember Haney, and ever since then, we have been limping to, on trying to undo that mistake. Supervisors, don't let all the good residents here in our city become victims of rapists, murderers, drug dealers, pedophiles, and more. As a worker myself, I can speak for workers, and workers can't work if we are injured or even killed. The Asian community who are constantly attacked were here also because we are all tired of criminals roaming our streets and making victims daily. The question is how many more people have to die in order for all of you to bring back our officers. Support Dorsey's legislation as is or watch the voters revolt, revolt at the ballot box that will see the minimal staffing passed. Thank you. Good morning, supervisors. My name is Donna L. Sheeler, and I'm an SEIU 10 to 1 shop steward and a chapter officer. Uh, there's only so much money in the general fund to go around. And there is a staffing crisis, not only with the police, but throughout all of the city of San Francisco. We need to put more of the funds that are being proposed into social services for homelessness, housing, drug addiction, and the mentally ill. Some of this money needs to go to city employees that provide the vital services that I've just mentioned. I urge you to vote no on Mr. Dorsey's chapter amendment. Thank you. Good morning, supervisors. My name is Julia Rome, and I'm with the San Francisco Travel Association. The top concern we hear from visitors, be it leisure or business, from visitation all over the world, is the perception of safety or lack thereof on our streets. Uh, we are here today to voice our support for Dorsey's charter amendment. This proposal would put a minimum uh, staffing number back in the charter and dedicate funds to recruitment over a five-year plan. Now more than ever, we need these resources to combat the property crime and fentanyl crisis, the brunt of which is borne by our residents, visitors, small businesses, and office tenants. Currently, our city faces not only a shortfall of officers, but a serious perception issue. Safety concerns have permeated into every corner of international media about San Francisco. These potential losses, both in terms of economic activity and overall vibrancy, are immense. This measure protects existing officers and sets aside money to compete with cities across California that are currently offering significant bonuses to lure uh, recruits and existing officers away. If we don't make San Francisco feel safe again, we are ensuring the loss of more residents, more visitors, more businesses, and more tax revenue. In closing, we ask you to meet the moment that we are in now, support full staffing of the SFPD to build towards a better and safer future for our city. Thank you. Good morning, supervisors. My name is Alan Cohen. I'm a supervisor with San Francisco Adult Protective Services, and I'm here with SEIU today. Um, we're not interested in criminalizing poverty, homelessness, mental illness, and substance abuse. Um, just recently, Governor Newsom passed some new legislation that's going to really change things in mental health and allow for 
hospitalization, meaningful hospitalization and treatment of the chronically mentally ill, and many of those chronically mentally ill on the streets of San Francisco are also substance abusers, and we want them to get treatment, not just fill up the jails. So we need time for that to go into effect. Taking money away from all of the other services that are provided in the city to give to the police, well, you know what they say, if your only tool is a hammer, everything looks like a nail, and that's not what we want for the, the citizens of San Francisco who are the most vulnerable. So we're against you know, uh, Supervisor Dorsey's amendment, and um, we hope that you will not vote for it. Thank you. Good morning, Supervisors. My name is Richard Perina. I'm 78 years old. I'm a lifelong San Franciscan. And I'm a veteran also. I'm representing the seniors of this city and the veterans. Do you know that we're getting preyed upon? I have been assaulted and mugged twice. Have you read about the Asian community and all the assaults and robberies on that community? The present staffing of the San Francisco Police Department does not adequately protect my community. My community, the most vulnerable of the communities, seniors, seniors. If you vote against this, you're saying, screw you, seniors, screw you, Asian community. I, vo I urge you to vote for Supervisor Dorsey's charter amendment to fully staff the San Francisco Police Department. Thank you. Hi, my name is Ingrid Cobb. I'm a SEIU member slash officer. I work at San Francisco General Hospital. We are severely short staff, on calls in and out, traveling nurses in and out. We don't even have time to train them correctly. Also, I'm a native. I was born and raised here. 56 years of my life has been spent here. And I'm here today to say, no, I don't support Dorsey's proposal. Um, good morning, supervisors. My name is Claude Joseph. I'm with SCIU Local 10 to 1. Um, Supervisor, Supervisor Dorsey, I'm here to say that you, we are the public that you are claiming to be speaking on behalf and you are wrong. You are not speaking on our behalf. Um, you are wrong about your understanding of public safety, and you are wrong about your approach on this whole issue and how to resolve it. I highly recommend that you meet with Mr. Uh, Safahi so he could provide you with a little bit of understanding, of his comprehensive understanding of public safety. We need to hire more nurses for the hospitals. We need to provide more beds for people who are suffering for substance use, so that way we could get them off the street. Decriminalization is not going to be the resolution to this problem. I highly recommend that we vote Supervisor Dorsey's recommendation down. Thank you. Good morning, Supervisors. Um, I very much support Supervisor Dorsey's charter amendment. We absolutely need full staffing. We are losing police officers in this city at a much faster velocity than we are gaining police officers in this city. Something dramatic needs to happen, and this 
is a great proposal. I would like to point out that $120 million was removed from the police budget in 2020. That has never come back. We need that back. The city budget has doubled since 2017. Doubled. It's ridiculous. And, and it's been paying for failed strategies, corrupt nonprofits that need to be audited. And what Safai, I'm, I'm sorry, but I cannot agree with your amendment to this amendment because you're talking about a new tax on residents to get our basic safety and law enforcement needs met. Thank you. Hi, my name is Mark Manos. I'm a San Francisco resident. Um, I noticed what Foot Patrol does uh, in a neighborhood that has a lot of crime. So I support um, an increase or a minimum police staffing. And uh, but when you do increase the police staffing in one area, you know the crime lots of times moves to another area. So I think um, a good solution might be having like um, a color-coded crime level system. Um, where there are minimum staffing requirements, like zoned by neighborhood. This way, as the crime moves from one neighborhood to the other, you have minimum re requirements for police in that area. Hello, my name is Leah McGeever. I live at 7th and Market in D6. According to a Mission Local article for the fiscal year of 2024, the mayor has cut funding to the city's overall grocery programs by $10 million to $20 million. The city's food security budget will drop by another $10 million the following year with the recommendations of zero funding for the food bank in 2025. According to the food bank, their staff hands out about 150,000 uh, 150, meals daily to hungry San Franciscans. They operate a host of programs, signing people up for the state's CalFresh food stamp program, running food pantries, etc. The food bank workers said they, that they would have to make significant reductions if this were to happen. In a police analysis report um, regarding SFPD's 2022-23 budget, the report states the police department's $611.4 million general fund budget for 2022-23 represents an 8.7 increase, or $49 million over the $562.5 million originally budgeted for 2122. That money is coming from the food banks. Feed us. Stop it with this bullshit. Kim Cavalloni, San Francisco Labor Council. Um, I just want to say I've been around for a long, long time. I've been around since the 70s, Chinatown gangs, 80s, Crips, Bloods. There's been crime in the city for a very, very, very long time. I've had my car broken into, counted it up last night nine times. My mom's bar business was broken into seven times. I just want to say the charter amendment that you're proposing, Dorsey, would not have prevented any of that. I just had my purse stolen at a gas station. Uh, Monday of last week, had my window smashed, my purse grabbed, guy was gone. More police would not have prevented that crime. And I know it's really easy to tell people what they want to hear, but that's not what is what will make us safer. What will make us safer 
is building our communities much, much better, giving them Speaker much more resources. That's what will make us stronger, safer, and... Are there any other members uh, in the room who would like to make public comment? You can approach at this time. I do not see any additional public commenters. Great. Thank you, Mr. Clerk. Public comment on this item is now closed. Vice Chair Walton. Thank you, Chair Dorsey, and I do want to thank all of the public uh, for their comments this morning. Uh, I do want to clear something up because I know there was a lot of political rhetoric and most certainly a lot of framing of what actually happened in 2020, um, but we never defunded the police department. You can ask the police department. You can ask the mayor. We never defunded the police department. That's not what happened. The chief will tell you that. Um, so I just want to be very clear. That's not factual that we defunded the police department in 2020. Uh, but this charter amendment is not really about more cops. It's about writing blank checks. You know, it, and, and it's funny as we watch this hearing and when we go back and look at the statements made and the questions asked, uh, Chair Dorsey asked the chief and the commander, would you like five, may, five years of more funding for your department? Of course they're gonna say yes to that. Like that, I, I mean, that any city department is gonna want more resources to do, to do work, so. But, you know, I am for community policing. I am for equitable foot patrols across the city particularly in the most violent areas of the city. But with the projected budget deficit in the hundreds of millions of dollars over the next couple of years, $780 million, I cannot support arbitrary commitments and amounts of money for any city department, especially because in order to adequately keep people safe, we need to invest in prevention, anti-poverty strategies, mental health supports, affordable housing, Academies are not full. You heard the police department say that. This is not Supervisor Walton just making up his own scenario. And our police department needs the support of our entire safety network. Plus, we can never guarantee any amount of staffing for any department. The staffing shortages are due to people not wanting to be police officers. That is what we need to fix the narrative around policing, getting police in our communities so that neighborhoods, communities, our young people trust the department. And we've seen some of that work happen with our police department. But most certainly, this is not about resources to fund and staff police. Our police department is fully funded right now and they can't fill academies. We've heard that. This is strictly a political response to a serious issue. Let's really build the safety net to support the police department, to support public safety for the people in San Francisco. This is an in, unenforceable and misleading to the public. It's a myth to think that you could guarantee staffing numbers, and it's a sham to create an image of such a guarantee. Plus, calls for service are going down by the department's own data and own admission. More investment in our street crisis response team, 
Crisis Alternative Response Team, Mental Health, Health SF, Violence Prevention Strategies, Job Training, and Workforce Development is what we need to increase public safety. The more options and support people have, the better decisions they will make, which is what ultimately reduces crime and violence. We cannot afford this charter as written, and most certainly we could do a lot of this work in the normal budget process. At least the amendments are an attempt to be more responsible. I think the charter as a whole is a fallacy, just so you know, but the amendments includes a revenue source for funding a set-aside. And there is a reason that we have three branches of government. I heard people say we're tired of having to come in here and ask for money. <laughs> That's the constitutionality of decision-making. But no one wants to come and ask for resources for their department. But I, as a member of this Board of Supervisors, my colleagues are responsible for making sure all city services are taken care of, that all city services are provided. Every question asked the department by the chair was speculative and not informed by data whatsoever. Even if you believe more officers were the answer, this charter amendment does not get you that. It does feed into right-wing, conservative, anti-San Franciscan rhetoric. Let's fund all services and really keep people safe and try to focus on policy that will be effective. This charter amendment does nothing. Thank you, Vice Chair Walton. Supervisor Safai. Uh, thank you, thank you, Chair. I appreciate all the people that came out today. And you know, I'll just say, I think it's unfortunate that we're in a situation where people feel like they're pitted against one another. Um, I, I have been consistent about wanting more police staffing. I believe in that, uh, I've supported that. Um, but unfortunately, when we're in a situation where we're facing over a half a billion dollar budget deficit, where the department itself said on the record it has had the same recruitment budget since 2007, um, and there's been many opportunities from the mayor's office to allocate funding for recruitment, which could deal with many of the things that are here today. The mayor has just come out and said mid-year budget cuts are facing every single city department, um, vital, vital services. So we're going to be asked to do a lot of uh, very hard decision making. And I think that there's nothing to stop the mayor from prioritizing additional police academies in the upcoming budget, prioritizing additional funding for recruitment in the upcoming budget. Um, and that's usually how you see if something works. You can't say that this is something that will be impactful. As Supervisor Walton has pointed out, um, we have had money for academies in the past and we haven't been able to fill them. Um, so the best way to approach this is to say, we're gonna have identified revenue. We're gonna say that we can use an existing tax or uh, re reformed or look for new revenue. And at the end of the day, I, I would just say that this is something that we should do collaboratively. Um, and it's something that we should do in a much more thoughtful way. I know Supervisor Dorsey said he's been working on this for months. I saw this for the first time just two weeks ago. 
So I, I never, as a committee member, had an opportunity to look at a draft of this. Um, I had the outlines, and that's why I was supportive of it. Um, but we also did not know the extent of the budget deficit that our city was going to face. And we didn't know until about a week and a half ago that the mayor was going to be making mid-year budget cuts. And so all of that plays into this because, you know, at the end of the day, I think we can achieve a lot of, a lot of what is being asked for without going to the budget, uh, ballot. Um, but if we are going to do that and we're going to set something for the next five years, it should be consistent and we should have an identified revenue source. And so that's why I come with this today. We have done that in many other measures in the past and it has been successful. We've worked collaboratively to identify sources of funding and we have shown the success that it can have. So again, um, my intention, I talked about it last week uh, as I saw the, the language uh, said it on the record. I believe that we should be supporting an entire public safety net from paramedics to nurses to firefighters to sheriffs to 911 call operators. All of the system needs to be working together collaboratively. Thank you. Thank you, Supervisor Safai. And, um, you know, I get that um, some people feel we can't afford a fully staffed police department right now, and I just will say I feel very strongly that we can't afford not to have a fully staffed police department. Um, but at the end of the day, voters should get to decide how their tax dollars are spent, and I believe they should get to decide that before we ask them for more tax dollars. Either way, it should be their decision. Um, and I don't think that's irresponsible. I think that's democracy. Um, most of my career in this building was in the city attorney's office. 21 years ago, I came into here to work, and I have watched um, policymakers, boards of supervisors, and mayors alike set up city departments for failure or deny them the tools to succeed and then blame them for failing. And when I was appointed and then elected, to this role, I made a commitment and I, I make this commitment in every department head I talk to. I will never be a supervisor who sets you up for failure or blames you for failing unless I have done everything I can to set you up for success. And part of the idea of introducing this early and having taking time to work co collaboratively with the police department, with the city controller, with the city attorney, with the mayor's budget office, and I know that, you know, I think we were sharing drafts of documents. There's a Brown Act that prevents me from talking to my colleagues here on the Rules Committee directly about these measures. But it was important to me to ask the department what it needed to succeed in, in something that I know that this is, and I think this is a valid point that um, Vice Chair Walton made. This is speculative. We're in uncharted waters here. We've never seen a competitive environment like what we're seeing right now. Um, so I'm asking people, based on their expertise, uh, Chief of Police, Scott, what do you think will work? And that is why we crafted an amendment that I think gives voters the opportunity to make a decision that will make real progress in a highly competitive environment like neighboring counties and cities are doing with their law enforcement uh, challenges. We are not competing as, as well as we should be. This charter amendment would change that. It would give voters the opportunity to change it. And I think that's actually the most important point. We're, we're not here as the Board of Supervisors to enact a charter amendment. We are proposing a charter amendment for submission to voters so that voters get to decide how their tax dollars are spent. Um, 
As for this proposed amendment, I've said this, and I, I, I appreciate the spirit with which it is offered, but in my view, this is a poison pill amendment that defunds police recruitment. That's what it does. This changes the charter amendment into a stalking horse for a tax hike. That's what it does. But it no longer does anything substantive on public safety or police staffing. It is a different charter amendment now. If we pass, if we enact and include this amendment. Um, and I know, you know, with all, I, I realize, Supervisor Safai, you said you were consistent, but it is a 180 degree turn from the charter amendment you supported last week. Um, but Supervisor Safai. Um, I just want to say for the record, do you acknowledge that this is something that could be done? The mayor could put money in the budget and fund recruitment and do exactly what you're asking for? Yeah, I think the mayor and the board alike could okay. be, I, and, and actually I, I, should. I think there, there's, a, there's an important point here that nothing, the fact that we are taking up a charter amendment that in many ways, I, in my view, the charter amendment I'm proposing is what we should have done in 2020 uh, with, with what became Prop E. We had the benefit in 2020 of a multi-year process that identified outside experts to get us, to tell us how many police officers a city like San Francisco should have. I think we should have taken a hard look then of getting us to full staffing. Uh, we missed the opportunity to do that, and I think right now we can't afford not to do that. So that I, I am not against solving other problems too. We can walk and chew gum, and we have to. Supervisor Safai. No, no, that's it. I just wanted to make sure you, we were clear that this is something that can happen Tomorrow. Thank you. Great. Okay. Supervisor, do you want to make a motion on your... Yeah, so I'll make a motion to accept amendments as discussed. Uh, I know it'll have to sit for a week because I think they're substantive. Is that right? Uh, Madam City Attorney, through the chair. Deputy City Attorney Ann Pearson, all amendments made to ballot right. measures need to have sit. Have to sit. Okay. Thank you. So, there you go. I mean, okay. Okay. I mean, there's an argument that we should table the, uh, table the, the measure and work on a supplemental, if that's what we're offering. I think we can do both. Okay. Um, so there's a... Yes, so motion. Motion. There's yes, on the motion to amend. Vice Chair Walton. Walton, aye. Supervisor Safai. Aye. Safai, aye. Chair Dorsey. Aye. Dorsey, aye. Motion passes without objection. Okay, thank you, Mr. Clerk. And then we'll make a motion to continue this item for next week. Do we have to vote on the motion to continue? Uh, yes, the, the motion is to continue the matter to our next meeting, which would be uh, November the 6th. On the motion to continue, Vice Chair Walton. Walton, aye. Supervisor Safai. Aye. Safai, aye. Chair Dorsey. No. Dorsey, no. The motion to continue passes with uh, Chair Dorsey dissenting in committee. Great. Thank you, Mr. Clerk. And on item number one, charter amendment, minimum police staffing and five-year annual funding requirement as amendment moves to the full board on a two-to-one vote. Uh, it's not moving to the board. It's continued to oh, our it moves it to the continued until next week. My apologies. <coughs> Thanks. Uh, the matters continue to our November 6th Rules Committee meeting as amended. Thank you, Mr. Clerk. Can you please call item number two? 
Yes, item number two is ordinance amending the administrative code to require the chief of police to adopt a foot and bike patrol strategy for the police department and to require the police commission to hold annual hearings regarding community policing and foot and bike patrols. Thank you, Mr. Clerk. And this item is chiefly sponsored by Supervisor Safai, who spoke to it last week. But Supervisor, do you want anything you'd like to say about this? But we're going to just take a time for people to leave. All right, here we go. Oh. Okie dokie. Let me put this right here. Okay, thanks everybody. Um, Okay. And uh, this uh, item is chiefly sponsored by Supervisor Safai. Would you want to? Yeah, anything? Here, are, here are some okay. amendments. Do you need a copy? Okay. Thank you. I think this uh, complements previous conversation nicely. <laughs> um, so colleagues, thanks for uh, continuing this item last week. Uh, I have amendments that I've just presented to you um, that will do the following. We talked about the, the need to get um, footbeat officers either on bike or foot patrol out in the community. Um, we uh, put forward this proposal, as I said, to get uh, equity across the entire city. This requires the chief and the captains to work collaboratively to come up with a plan. Um, we specify in the amendments that these, this will be um, set and put in place as of January 1, 2024. So we will have, over the next uh, couple months, the chief and the captains will work on the plans and then they will be implemented starting January 1. I appreciate the police department's work with us on that. I mean, they have an annual process that they go through uh, biannual and their own budget process so we want to incorporate that into the budget process um, so that's good um, and it clarifies the role of the commission and the work that they do along with uh, the captains but again just to reiterate the captains are allocated money from the the command they have the flexibility now um, but this is saying to them work with the chief to come up with a requirement this is requiring every police district in the city to put officers on the street. We know from the data and we know from practice that putting officers out in the community, one, builds trust, builds morale, and it helps to reduce crime uh, significantly. So um, I don't believe these uh, uh, amendments are substantive. I think these are non-substantive amendments, just clarifying dates and otherwise, uh, through the, the chair to Madam City Attorney. Um, these are not substantive amendments, correct? That is correct. Great. Um, so, and if we can send this to the full board with a positive recommendation, that would be my request. But again, just appreciate uh, the chief and his team, uh, Deanna and others that worked on this. Uh, again, the input from the commission and also the, the response that I got from community members, others, and everyone that's pretty much asking uh, for police presence in the community to do true community policing. I think we've waited for that for a long time. Super, uh, sorry, Supervisor Walton through the chair. 
Oh, Supervisor Walton. <laughs> my Thank you, Chair, Chair Dorsey. Uh, well, one, I just really do want to stress the importance of community policing and what seeing officers on foot patrol and on bikes does in the community uh, and the opportunity that it allows for relationship building. And so that is 100% why uh, I do support this. Support this. Uh, and I, I know that you know, the chief and I have talked and command staff have talked about the report that really detailed the importance of sector cars and having cars uh, in, on patrol. But I do want to say as we continue to work to improve our environment and continue to work to do everything that we can to try to keep cars off the street that I really feel our bike patrols, if they are em em employed appropriately, can cover a lot of ground as well. Uh, and so I just wanted to, you know, state why I think that that um, is an important direction to focus on, not only because I think they can cover some ground, but also because it really does force a relationship um, with with community and officers. So I just want to thank Supervisor Safai for bringing this forward uh, and just look forward to really seeing the, the positive interactions that can come from this. Thank you, Vice Chair Walton. I wanted to ask um, if I might, the chief on the, is there, I'm just looking at, my understanding of this is that it's not, um, it is asking for a plan. Um, my one worry that I would have, and I don't know if this is fixed, if, if changed by the amendments that are offered today. Um, I know that staffing, and I apologize to uh, my, uh, Vice Chair Walton, because I think your point about me repeating myself, I'm going to be a broken record for the next year on police staffing issues. Just, um, it, is there anything in here that is um, going to be problematic given the staffing challenges? Well, everything is dependent upon staffing. I mean, as I think the three of you know, we, we believe in foot beats, we believe in bike units, and it's been a function of our ability to deploy them consistently across the city. So that is totally dependent on staffing. I think the measure calls for a plan, and you know, we'll try to figure out as best we can how to work through our staffing challenges, but it's all dependent on staffing okay. at the end so, of the day. You know, I guess what I'm asking is, is this, I, I think a plan is good, and actually in some ways I think it's probably a good thing so that the department can explain the importance of, while, while these footbeats and bike patrols are important and I support this, I mean the, the innovations and aspirations of 21st century policing around community policing especially is the reason that I, you know, when I, there was an opportunity to come work uh, for you, I, I jumped at it because I've seen over the years many of the challenges our police department has faced. So I appreciate your leadership on 21st century police reforms and I know community policing, foot patrols, bike patrols are a part of that. Um, I wanna make sure that we can get that too. That's why I'm working on police staffing. I just wanted to make sure that there's nothing in here that's prescriptive that is saying that we have to do um, bike patrols in a certain area or commit staffing if we don't have it. Well, as I read it, it yeah. calls for planning and it calls for uh, plan and then Supervisor Safai has been vocal about us being creative, you know, as, as, as we can be in terms of trying to make this happen. I will say, you know, if, if there's a, a decision that has to be made between filling the basic sector cars, which handles calls for services and fit, fielding other things, we have to make a decision. And sometimes that's a game time decision, depending on how many officers you have 
for that day. But we'll work through it as best we can. Okay, great. Thank you, Chief. Thanks, Chief. And, and just to follow up on that through the chair, I mean, my understanding is currently, even before this legislation, all of the captains have monies in their budget and it's voluntary. It's voluntary right now, foot patrols or something that they can do based on uh, the way that the chief, uh, I'm, excuse me, the captain set it up. Is that correct? They, the overtime is divided by the right. different commands or district stations as well as other commands in the department. So yes, they have the ability to manage their commands and if they want to run a foot beat on an overtime, as long as they manage that budget, they have the ability and the autonomy to do that. Right, and I think just, just to clarify, and that's just, I appreciate the question from uh, Supervisor Dorsey. I mean, th the thing that, that we're doing is we're requiring, I think for the first time, to be a little bit more aggressive and creative and saying someone has a 10 to 12 hour shift and I think that's usually how they're, they're running. Figure out a way to work, incorporate it in, if you, you know, based on, again, this leaves all of the decision making to the chief, all the flexibility, work with the captains, look within your existing constraints on overtime. Um, but I think as Sue Rosa Walton said, you know, there's certain areas of the city that just haven't gotten the foot patrols. And you and I have had this ongoing conversation for seven years. And so I'm very excited about this. I think it also will help to address many of the things we were talking about in the last conversation. People want to see uh, officers present in the community. I think it helps with morale. And so again, I, I appreciate the, the cooperation um, and appreciate the work that Supervisor Walton and others did you know, a few years back. We built on their initial uh, groundwork and, and evolved it to what we thought was better for today. Thank you. Thank you, Supervisor Safai. Thank you, Chief. Um, and notwithstanding some of our disagreements about police staffing and the charter amendment preceding this, I do agree that um, uh, foot patrols and bike patrols are really important and they're, they're such an essential element of um, community policing. So I appreciate uh, Supervisor Safai for his leadership on this. Supervisor Safai, would you wanna make a motion? Yes, I'd like to make a motion to accept these items as discussed and proposed. And um, so first we'll make that amendment and then I'll have to make another motion after that, right? Or can I make the motion to send uh, it to the- Can we take, accept public comment prior to the, oh, yeah. the motion? Oh, yeah. uh, let's open this item up to public comment. Yes, if any members of the public like me public comment on this matter, you can approach the podium at this time. Okay, I do not see any, uh, any public comment for this matter. Public comment on this item is now closed. Okay, so I'd like to make a motion. <laughs> to uh, amend this item as proposed. On the motion to amend, Vice Chair Walton. Aye. Walton, aye. Supervisor Safai. Aye. Safai, aye. Chair Dorsey. Aye. Dorsey, aye. The motion passes without objection. Okay. Then I'd like to make a motion to continue this to uh, next week. No, 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 oh. it's not. It doesn't, I'm sorry, just to clarify. It doesn't need to be continued because oh, it does, it's non-substantive. Okay. Oh, so okay. I'd like to send this to the full board with positive recommendation as amended. And would you like that as a committee report or? Yes. As a committee report. Okay. Please. Yes, uh, on the motion, the motion is to recommend the matter as amended as a committee report. On that motion, Vice Chair Walton. Walton, aye. Supervisor Safai. Aye. Safai, aye. Chair Dorsey. Aye. Dorsey, aye. 
The motion passes without objection. Thank you, Mr. Clerk. On a unanimous vote then, item two, administrative code, community policing and foot patrols goes to the full board with a positive recommendation and a committee report. Mr. Clerk, do we have any further business? That completes the agenda for today. Great. Thank you, everyone. We are adjourned. San Francisco Government Television.